Matthew chapter 6, Matthew 6, take your Bibles, go to Matthew 6. Just for the record, um, if Pastor asks, my tie color tonight was red, okay? <laughs> so, I've already had a couple comments about that, sorry about that, but it it's a, very good. It was tan, same color of my skin, what was I, as I hope so. Matthew 6. Are you there? Yes. Amen. If Matthew 6, we're going to begin reading verse 19 in just a moment here. Um, just wanted to say that I do appreciate all of it you, that have come tonight. You were warned. We put it in the bulletin I was preaching, and you still came. You're still here, so you guys are the brave ones. I know several of you come straight from work, and uh, can I just tell you that I'm tired tonight, so we'll try not to be too long. Um, I, I said we're going to be out at 7.16, but it's already 7.23, so uh, we already missed that mark. So we'll go for 8.16, okay? We'll go for 8, 8.16. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse number 19, it says, you know what? I'm, I've been convicted, actually. pastor said this a couple weeks ago, and I, let's stand for the reading of God's word. Um, I like that we do that at our church, and I'm going to try to do that, be, make that more of a habit. Matthew 6, just read along silently there. If we get to some difficult words, I'll have you help me. I was homeschooled. I, th I didn't make it past third grade. Uh, but Bible college, thankfully, they take you if you're living or breathing. They only have to have one of the two. You say, you can, don't you have to have both? No, there's some people that were living there. They weren't breathing. There were some people that were breathing there. Uh, they weren't living. Uh, but I had both. So I graduated with high honors from Bible college. Uh, I had both of those. But Matthew 6, 19, I'll read through the end of the chapter and just uh, follow along silently uh, with me if you can. Matthew 6, 19 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Verse 22, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Verse 23, but if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat? In the body than raiment. Verse 26 Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into the barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore? If God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Verse 32, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added Unto you, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought 
for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Thank you. You may be seated. It's uh, very common for people to respond to difficult situations uh, with fear. Uh, Over 365 times in the Bible, God says in some way, shape, or form, do not fear. And if you know if he said that many times, uh, either number one, he he meant it, uh, or number two, also, he knew that we were going to forget. I can't tell you how many times I will say something to my daughter over and over and over again, and it seems like she's not getting it. And my wife can attest uh, probably how many times she said something to me over and over and over again, and I just did not get it. But God tells us over 365 times not to fear because he probably knows we're going to fear. How many have ever feared for something in your life, something you're going through? Yes, we've all been there. You're in good company tonight. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, we're reminded that the spirit of fear does not come from God. Where does it come from then? It comes from Satan. Fear causes many things. Number one, it can cause us to turn our backs on God. Number two, it can cause us to try to devise our own solutions or come up with our own ways to solve an issue. Number three, it causes Satan to have more ground to stand on in our lives. Uh, When we have fear, follow me on this, when we have fear, the enemy advances. But when we have faith, the enemy loses ground to stand on. Uh, you think about just any, any, anything in life, uh, whether it's a battle to go back to or maybe even just a sport or something that we're competing in. When you show fear, your, your enemy gets the advantage on you. And it reminds me of the time of there was a hunter in the woods. And, uh, you know, they, they say that when you, when you meet a bear, you're supposed to act larger, uh, talk to it big, but walk away kind of slowly. Don't turn and run. Now, I've never been in the woods with a bear. I actually was here on property with a bear one time, and I got it on video. I did scream like a little girl and run away, but you're not supposed to do that. Uh, the bear like fast food, so when you run fast, that's fast food. Don't do that, okay? But this, uh, this, this hunter was in the woods, and um, he, didn't, he didn't know, the, I guess, the, the solution. When you meet a bear, you're supposed to back away slowly and act a bit well. So he, he trips over a log as he's running away, and he falls down, and and the guy, he doesn't believe in God, but as he sees his life flashing before his eyes, he yells out, oh, God, save me. And immediately the bear stops, and God says, why, why are you calling on me now of all times? He says, can you please just make this bear a Christian? And so the bear, just about to eat him, stops, bowed his head, closed his eyes, and God, I do thank you for this meal that I'm about to receive. <laughs> and, uh, hey, but when we have fear, when we have fear, the enemy advances. And uh, how many times do we have fear in our lives and we give Satan some, we give him some ground to stand on in our lives when we have fear. Um, and when we have fear, we're lacking faith. Uh, fear can keep us from making the proper decisions. Have you ever made a poor decision because of fear? Uh, and I'm not talking about covering up sin or lying about something, but just you're fearful about the future. You're fearful about something that's going on and you make a poor decision or maybe a rush decision. I could think of many times of just, you know, uh, thinking about making a purchase or something, you just have that in the back of the mind. You know, you're walking around the store. And my, my, I drive my wife nuts. We're talking about buying something. I said, you know, I gotta, I gotta pray about this. So I'll walk the store. And I'm more like, I gotta think of an excuse why we can't get this. And uh, but there's been a couple times where we were gonna get this thing, and I'm like, you know what? I think we should. And I'm not kidding. Twice this has happened to us just in the last year. And as I'm walking up to the item that I'm gonna get, someone else grabs it and puts it in their cart. And uh, so I guess that's God answer, God's answer that we don't we don't need that. Uh, but nonetheless, I've made sometimes in my life I've made a decision out of fear. Um, I'd like to bring a message tonight on the topic of making spiritual investments. You say, "Okay, what did that an introduction have to do with anything?" And my answer is everything. Um, sometimes we don't. A lot of times we don't make spiritual investments because of fear. 
in our lives. Let's pray before we get any further. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. God, I thank you for each and every person that made it out tonight. And God, I pray for pastor as he's away with his dad. I pray that you would just give him travel mercies uh, tomorrow as they make their way home. And we thank you for the time that he had uh, with his dad. God, I pray that you would just make uh, the last days uh, for his father just an enjoyable, sweet time uh, before he goes and is with, uh, with you for eternity. Lord, we thank you for his salvation. Lord, I just pray for every aspect of the service tonight. Lord, I pray you help me, calm me down, Lord. I pray that I would just speak clearly uh, the truth that you've shown me tonight, Lord. I thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. And uh, so I want to talk tonight about spiritual investments. Um, we, we were in Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. No doubt we put the verse to memory, seek ye first the kingdom of God. We'll be using that verse a lot tonight. But I want to talk about, number one, the priority of spiritual investments, the priority of spiritual investments. Uh, Jesus instructed his followers to lay up treasures in heaven. Now, understand uh, this command does not exclude making investments here on the, here we go, the teenagers make fun of me the way I say this word, earth. It's spelled E-A-R-T-H-F, I guess. That's how I pronounce it. They say I have an F at the end, earth. It just sounds the same to me every time I say it, but I'm gonna be saying that word tonight, so I'm just gonna get that out there that you can listen and just try to follow me on this, okay? Earth, E-A-R-T-H, okay? But the command is not just, okay, so I had a, I had a friend growing up who, um, you know, in our church, and uh, the, the parent had made the comment about how I, my kids don't need to prepare to go to college because the Lord's coming back before they go to college. Amen, the Lord is coming back. But how foolish it was to say something like that. Um, it's, it's almost as foolish as, you know, just, um, I could think of, for an example of, why, why, why make the bed if you're going to sleep in it that night? Well, it looks nice. You're taking care of what, what you have, okay? And my wife says, you never made the bed once, Kill. Okay, I, I, I will do it. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next time. Um, but wh- why, why do we make spiritual investments? And it's okay to make earthly investments, but let's, let's talk about the priority of the spiritual investments. You know, Proverbs 21.20, uh, not, not to exclude the earthly investments, it says, there is a treasure to be desired, an oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. 1 Timothy 5, 8, but if any, any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Okay, so Jesus Christ is not saying that we can't make earthly investments. There's that word again. We can't make earthly investments, but we, we need to focus on the spiritual investments. And I don't want to, and we'll talk about the earthly investments too. I don't want to dilute away from that, but the main purpose tonight is uh, spiritual, spiritual investments. Think about the, um, think about the parable, Matthew, uh, the, uh, Matthew uh, 25, I think Matthew 25, the parable of the, the guy with the talents. And uh, they gave him the talents, and what he did is he, he buried them, and he, he didn't lose them, but he didn't invest it. And uh, that's a parable of, you know, when he, when he came back, and the Lord, his master pretty much said, well, I, I could have just gave it away, and someone could have invested it. It would have been a lot better. And um, but he said, well, I, I still have it here. Well, God gives us our opportunities, uh, our talents, uh, maybe finances. He gives us things on this earth to, uh, to, to, to um, what's the word I'm looking for, spiritually progress uh, produce, um, there's some words, but we, we were given a certain amount of things that we got to take the opportunities that God gives to us. Um, our emphasis and main primor, primary focus should be on eternal investments. Uh, Jesus is telling us that whatever we have invested on earth is insecure and temporary, pretty much saying, hey, hey, you know, what we have here, it's all going to burn up someday. And we all know that. And what we're doing right now, coming on a Wednesday night, we're making a spiritual investment. You're not, you're not, you're not naive to this subject. 
But I hope that this, this, this message could be a challenge, uh, an encouragement, but also it's been a comfort to me. Uh, so for some, uh, we'll get along uh, to that shortly. I heard a story um, a while back of a rich man who died and he went to heaven. And because of his wealth, he had been accustomed to having the best of everything. He always had the best car, the nicest house, the nicest job, uh, the nicest uh, bank account. You fill in all the blanks. He was just always had the nice thing. You just always looked at this guy, and he was just, man, he had it made. And uh, when he died and he went to heaven, you know, he, he grew excited about seeing the streets of gold and seeing all the mansions. And, and he, he asked the angel that was guiding him, let me, see, let me see my mansion. And they took him to this tiny little cottage, and that's what they had for him. And he says, this is it? This is what I get? And the angel replied back with, we built what you sent to heaven, what the materials you've sent to us. Now, that's not the way it works, okay? Praise God, that's not the way it works, okay? Because a lot of us would not have a whole lot up there. But I believe it's a reminder that spiritual investments that we make are the ones that produce eternal results. Spiritual investments produce eternal results. And don't get me wrong, I'd like to make investments and I'd like to uh, you know, save for certain things and like to see it grow, okay? I'm talking about money, I like doing that stuff. And, uh, but how foolish of me it is to not make a spiritual investment. Um, I, the, you've heard the phrase before that you can't take anything to heaven with you, but we could take more souls with us to heaven. We could lead more people to Christ. And uh, the, the major, uh, majority of our focus should be on the things that matter for eternity. There was a pastor in Texas years ago uh, at the time, he had the largest church, uh, had the largest um, uh, membership. They also had, you know, large, largest income, obviously. But one of his members was a very wealthy rancher, and they invited him, uh, invited the pastor over to his house, and he showed him his land, and he pointed one direction. He says, everything you see, I own. And uh, he was looking to see that the pastor was very impressed. I bet he was. Many of us would probably be impressed, too. Uh, but the pastor responded back with asking him this question and pointing up. He says, how much in that direction do you own? And I ask myself again, how much in that direction am I investing in? How much do I own in heaven? And uh, I don't know. Uh, I have led uh, some people to the Lord, but I don't know. So just even just leaving a, a simple track somewhere. I don't know where that, that seed's going to be. Or uh, inviting someone to church. Uh, you, don't, you don't realize that those spiritual investments are eternal investments. And, and I think we do I think we understand that. But uh, just so many times I just get so caught up with so many things. Uh, and, here we, and here we go. Let's go to... Before we get to number two, why, why make spiritual investments? What is the purpose uh, of, um, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, okay. Number two, number two, here we go. The purpose, uh, we had the priority, now we have the purpose of spiritual investments, okay. And um, here we go, talk about a fun word. Uh, I think it's, I forget, I think it might have been Pastor Shot that said, when you talk about money, people get funny. Well, we're going to talk about money tonight, okay. Uh, God's work takes money, okay. We, 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 we take money to the missionaries to try to further their work. We, we spend money to keep the lights on here. We spend money to, for salaries here. We spend money to, to print tracts to be able to give the gospel out. Uh, just every little thing, money goes. But, but why, why, what's the purpose of spiritual investments? Uh, Matthew 6, 21, it says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, I'm gonna take treasure. We're gonna, we're gonna focus on, on money on this point, okay? Hey, wherever I put my money in, wherever I invest my money in, my, my, that's where my heart is. And uh, I think about, uh, I was talking to a pastor just, just not even a month ago or so, and um, when I start to maybe get discouraged, and that does happen from time to time, where I, or I'd like, man, let me encourage somebody. I'll call somebody, I'll talk to them. And uh, I was talking to this pastor and really was trying to encourage him, but at the same time, I wanted him to encourage me, but that didn't happen this time. 
and he was telling me about all the problems happening in his church, which kind of encouraged me, because I was like, well, I'm not going through that, so this is, thank you for, uh, for bearing your soul. And he started to tell, talk about how there was this person in his church who was just really causing problems. And uh, eventually, over the time, finally, it took a lot, it took a big group out of his church, a couple families out of his church. He said it kind of really hurt, really devastated him. And uh, he said he got a hold of um, the, giving, the giving of this person that um, uh, kind of caused up problems. Now, I'm not suggesting that Pastor and I look at anybody that, that gives. Um, we do not. Um, I don't think this pastor was wrong for doing this. He, he said to me, he's a Caleb, he's like, I preach on tithing and I'm checking up on people, and, you know, and I, I want to make sure that they're, so I don't know if he's wrong or if we're, if we're, if we're right, but nonetheless, he started to look at this guy that was causing problems in the church, and over the course of three years, his giving started to give less and less and less, and then one year leading up to when he left, he, now maybe he gave something unmarked in the, on the offering, but he didn't give one penny to the church in a year. And I say, Caleb, what are you saying? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And when you, when you invest money into God's work, when you invest money into things, hey, you're, I remember, I remember when I bought my first car. Now, my first, my, actually, my, my first car that was given to me, we bought, we bought from a friend for $1. It was a Chevy Metro. Uh, that thing, when you got to about 45 miles an hour, it started to shake. You turned the air conditioning on, and it just blew up. Uh, and I was 15 years old. I had a permit. I was driving home from my friend's house with my mom, and I hit a deer. So then we replaced that nice um, silver uh, hood with a black one. It looked really cool. We called it Mighty Mouse. Uh, my sister got in it, and she decided to run over our basketball goal twice. Um, so the car, the car was looking great by the time I was done with it. Well, then I had the opportunity. I was saving money. I bought myself a Mustang. And I had been saving for it for a while. And I was excited about Guess what? When I got that car and it was my money I put into it, I washed it all the time. I vacuumed it out. I made sure that if people were in my car, they weren't eating food. They weren't drinking. I made sure who was in there. And I wanted to take very good care of it. You say, Kill, look at your cars now. I got three kids. Okay, so don't look, don't look at it right now. But what I'm saying is, hey, when my, my money was there, my heart was in there. So let me, let me put it this way. Guess what? When your money, and here we go again. I'm talking about money still. When your money is into this place and you're investing and you give till it hurts, you're going to want to see this place thrive. You're going to want to go out and invite people to church because you want to see it grow. And when someone starts to come whispering in your ear about, oh, did you hear about this? Did you see this? Did you, did you, hear, about, did you hear about the youth pastor's daughter who t- pulled, pulled the hair of the kid in the nursery? Did you hear about all that? Hey, I, I don't care about, well, maybe care about that last one, but hey, uh, I, I, my money's here. I want to see this place thrive. I want to see this place grow. My, my heart is here. I hope your heart is here as well. Most of us probably say this, that phrase backwards, that where our heart is, there's where we're going to put our treasure. And I can say that I'm guilty for, for doing that, and there's some truth in that, but I've heard, you've heard the phrase, I'm sure, you, can't, you, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. God says that he, he will look that to which we give. Notice that we are told to love first and then give, not to give and then love. And when we give, normally that when you give something, you're gonna love no matter what. Why make the spiritual investments? Why is it, what, what is the purpose of making spiritual investments? Because where your treasure is, there where your heart be also. Um, you know, I think about just, how the, I, I feel like the necessity for me that I need to uh, maybe have, um, I'm getting ahead of myself again, here we go. Let's go to number three. So we had, first of all, we had the priority. We had the purpose. Number three, the precaution about spiritual investments. Now, at first glance, uh, some of these verses that we were looking at, we were reading through, it says, what in the world does that mean? Um, they, they're not really con- connected to the topic of money, so hey, we're moving off of money, okay? You can relax. 
but we talk about light coming into our body through our eyes. We see light with our eyes, which Jesus is talking about here. He means when he when, um, talks about the light of our body being the eye, is that our perception is shaped by our focus. Um, our perception, I believe I, I'm looking at my notes here. Yes, our perception is shaped by our focus. If, our, if, we're, if we're focusing on the negative things, all these little negative things, you know, then, then our, our perception is going to be perverted. But if we're trying to focus on the things that are happening, the things that are a positive, um, I mean, I just, I'm going to use the illustration. Actually, I told my coworker that I was preaching tonight, and she said she might come. She's not here, so that's okay. But uh, um, I, I just, I, there's some people, okay, I, and I can be this person sometime, but you immediately, you say good morning to this person at Walmart, they're working with you, and they immediately have why their day is just so horrible, they shouldn't be here, how it, working at Walmart is so terrible. You know what I say to them? But then go work somewhere else. If you, it's so terrible, why are you still here? And um, there's some people, they just, they, they want to look for faults to make themselves look, look better. And I can do that too sometimes. I could try to, and you know, and I think about just the parable of, uh, you know, when, when there's a moat in your eye, that splinter of wood, or in, in, your, in, your, in your friend's eye, and then there's a beam in your eye. Do you ever think about that? The wood uh, that's in, the little piece of wood that's in their eye, in the wood, the big beam that's in your eye, it's made of the same material. A lot of times when you're looking at little people's faults, the fault that you're looking at is magnified in your own life. And uh, we could just, we get so caught up in those things and, uh, and we, 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 our, our, our focus gets, gets, gets perverted. I grew up working on farms. I didn't farm anything myself. Um, I, I was very thankful for the job that I had and I worked for Christians, so I never had to work during a church thing. I never had to, we had revival. I was allowed to get it off. Uh, I, was very, I was very thankful for that. But uh, there was an old farmer's trick and, uh, that they had. I don't know if they use it anymore. I doubt because of all the technology. But when you were plowing a field, they said to pick a fence post at the end of the field and just keep driving towards that one focus. Am I right about that? Is that just, that's just the, and uh, so you drive toward, and you just don't lose focus of that thing. And, and so many times in life, I could get so focused on these little things that are happening around me, and then I get to the end of the field, and I look at my big crooked mess that I made up, that I made myself. But if I just focus on Jesus Christ, and I focus on the main focus, leading lost people to him, we're gonna have a straight line, and it's gonna be uniform. The precaution... Uh, or the, uh, the, the precaution of spiritual investments. Now, I know we know this. I know we know we're supposed to share the gospel. But how are we doing on that? When was the last time that you witnessed to someone? When was the last time you led someone to the Lord? You say, maybe, I, you say, I don't, I don't really know how to do that. Well, then just tell them what happened to you. And uh, really, you're li- you barely can, you, there's hardly ever a time now that you meet someone for the first time and you tell them, hey, you're a sinner. You're on your way to hell. You need to get saved. Hardly ever do you, do you get to talk to somebody like that that makes a decision. you got to build that relationship. You guys, they have to see Jesus Christ in you first before you start to witness to him. And, um, and it's kind of a joke. They call me Preacher Caleb and, uh, at Walmart, and they, they think it's like, I'm like, yeah, that's okay. You can call me that. I'm glad that you know me. But then uh, don't, don't talk to my coworkers too much because I'm kind of a mean, uh, jerk to them sometimes because i got to take it out on them, okay? so, um, But it, it, it's far more convenient it's far more convenient to have two cars rather than one. No, don't get me wrong. I have two. I enjoy having two. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's far more convenient uh, to, to, to say, you know, and, and to, to take a vacation. You know, and don't get me wrong. Uh, I like to take a vacation from time to time. I think that you should. I think you should get time away to just rest. But don't get me wrong. It's not a necessity. You know, it's not a necessity. I don't need to have two cars. It's not a necessity. Um, I don't need to, I, I, like, I like taking my wife out for a nice meal, enjoy a nice meal, but it's not a necessity. Actually, you know what, with three kids, 
it is a necessity because I'd like to get away from the three kids sometimes and have a nice meal. So forget that last one. Um, but uh, I, I would love to talk to, um, you know, just some people that, you know, you, you, you know go, go on a mission trip. You know, the mission trip that we have coming up, uh, I, I, I don't know if I'll be able to go financially, but I, I challenge you, if you have the opportunity to go, your life is just going to be changed by seeing what we take for granted on a daily basis. Um, I've been to, I guess you could say it's not really... I went to New Mexico on a, on a, on a missions trip. I got to meet some people in a rough area, and you can, you can meet them wherever, but I went to Mexico on a mission trip, and it was just so funny to, to hear how people just, they're so thankful for the little thing, and you're like, man, I take that for granted every day of my life. And I'm constantly reminded that life is not about things, but don't get me wrong, I, you know, I like things, but the importance is the eternal aspect of the things, okay? So we had the priority, we had the purpose, we had the precaution. Uh, next, we have... Uh, we have the protection um, of, of, um, of spiritual investments. Now, I wish that we could sit down and talk with the first century Christians, and uh, as I was kind of leading into before, I think that they would uh, be amazed. I think they would be disgusted with the things that worry us so much. And again, we're talking about fear at the beginning, and fear causes us to do uh, so many things and um, not making these spiritual investments. But I think most of us tonight probably have enough food in the, in the fridge to feed us for a couple days. I think most of us probably have uh, a little bit of money saved up in the bank. I think most of us probably had a, uh, several things in our closet to pick from. And, uh, but we start to just expect those things, and we start to just take them for granted. And the Bible, God talks, he tells us that Jesus, um, God would provide food and clothing for us. Not that we should have everything we could ever imagine, but the things that we need. And guess what? He gives us things that we want too. But don't, the protection of spiritual investments. Uh, and uh, nextly, let's go, let's go to the last one. I'm almost done here. Don't get nervous. Number five, the promise of spiritual investment. Uh, there are some people uh, whose main goal in life is to save and accumulate as much money as they possibly can. Now, if you have the opportunity to save money and invest it, go, by all means, do that. And then drop some in the plate. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but can I say that if you worry about God's business and let him worry about yours, you will always end up ahead in the bargain, if I can use that word. And that's really a bad word to use. It's not a bargain. It's a, and just, I think about just the promises, many promises that he gives to us. So why don't we seek God's kingdoms first? Why don't we take him up on his offer about all these things? And a lot of times we try to seek all these things and then seek God's kingdom. But it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all these things shall be added unto you. But we worry about the things in life. And don't get me wrong, like I said, I like things as well. And... Um, you say, Caleb, I don't, I don't know if I'm spiritually investing. Well, the way to determine that is what we truly believe is by evaluating our actions. Again, if I can use the phrase over and over again, actions speak louder than words. Well, how, what, are, what, how, what, are you, what are you investing in? Are you, are you working in the church? Are you, are you trying to, you know, to witness to people? Are you telling them about church? Are you telling them about God? Are you telling them about Jesus? Hey, are you spiritually investing? Put your faith into action. What's the Bible said? Faith without works is what? Dead. Hey, you know, I love that, you know, we can, yeah, I think about the thief on the cross who uh, pretty much just said, you know, remember me and I'm going to paradise. He didn't have to get down and get baptized. He didn't have to go put money in the, in the church. He didn't have to go win some. He just said, God, remember me when you get there. And he was saved. Now, if that was the purpose, and you guys, you guys all know this, but I, sometimes I just, I get so caught up in just the little things that I forget to just, my main purpose, my main focus for here is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I get so caught up in just all the little things on the earthly investments, I forget about the spiritual investments. Our main focus should be to please and honor him and advance his cause. When we do this, God will take care of all of our needs. 
Colossians 3, 2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And I just want to ask you the question again, what are you investing in, the things on this earth or the things above? How much do you own in that direction? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for uh, just each and every one that made it out tonight, God, and I, I pray that uh, just just one truth, God, that maybe would speak to someone tonight, and God, it's been a really great challenge to me and a comfort, and um, sorry for poorly um, stuttering over my words, but God, I just I want, I want to make sure that I'm just spiritually investing in, in, in everything that I can do, and if I were to think about every decision that I would make, how's it going to affect me eternally, God? It would change a lot of our, our thinking process, and we, we wouldn't worry about all the little things in life that worry and get us all distraught. But God, you, you, you forgive us and you love us and you tell us over and over again, do not fear. God, I pray that we would just have faith in you and not have fear and we would try to spiritually invest in everything that we do. Lord, I thank you for those that came tonight and spiritually invested in, in, in the eternity, Lord. God, I pray again that you would just give us all safety throughout our weeks. Touch those and that are sick that are not with us tonight and those that are still getting over their sickness. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just gonna just simply, I, I, don't, I don't think we have it in our book.